You're listening to the Homeschooling Families Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Rebecca Kosis to the podcast. I met Rebecca when we were doing an event in California this fall, and I enjoyed our fellowship so much that I couldn't wait to have her on the show. Rebecca is a homeschool veteran, having graduated all five of her children and having served on the board of the Christian Home Educators Association of California for many years. She has so much wisdom and help to share, and I can't wait to dive right into our discussion. Before we do, though, I'm excited to tell you about my new book, Homeschooling for the Heart, How Amazing Parents Become Excellent Home Educators. It's available now in digital form for only $5, and I sincerely believe it will be a great help and encouragement to you as you homeschool and parent your precious children. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book to learn more and download your copy today. I've been overwhelmed and grateful for the feedback I've already received from those who have read it, and I'm eager to hear your thoughts on it as well. So go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book to get your copy now. Today's podcast is sponsored by The Voice of the Martyrs, which is a nonprofit missions organization that serves persecuted Christians in the world's most difficult and dangerous places to follow Christ. In partnership with us, VOM is offering listeners a free global prayer guide. This full-color prayer guide with summaries of the restricted nations and hostile areas where VOM works will help you pray more specifically for persecuted Christians. You can even use that guide to follow along with our weekly Taste and See Prayer and Geography vignette for families that will be featured in our Homeschool Subjects email each week beginning January 8th. So visit teachthemdiligently.net forward slash VOM to request your free copy of VOM's Global Prayer Guide today. And then make praying for our brothers and sisters all around the world part of your family's regular devotion time. Again, you can get your prayer guide at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash VOM. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Teach Them Diligently podcast. I am very excited to have Rebecca Kosis with me today. Rebecca is with Chia of California, and I got to meet her when we were out in San Diego for a TTD Live event. And just hearing her testimony, hearing her heart, getting to know her a little bit, I couldn't wait to get her on and let you guys hear from her as well. So Rebecca, welcome to the podcast today. I am so glad you're here. Well, Leslie, thank you for having me. I've just so been looking forward to it. And after enjoying our time together in San Diego, I just couldn't wait to get together and chat one more time. Well, I uh, I think we all have a lot to learn from you. We were talking earlier to catch you guys up out there. She has been homeschooling since 1985. She has been working with Chia since 1986, serving homeschool families, even as she was growing in her own efforts, which is just an amazing thing. And, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But I want to start, Rebecca, by having you tell us really why you started homeschooling, because it's such an interesting story and it really sets the stage for what you've been doing since then. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we can't talk about our homeschool testimony without our 
Christian testimony. Um, the two are just so inextricably entwined. Um, neither my husband or I were raised in a Christian home. And we were married and had three children before we came to Christ. So we were in the midst of child raising. We had three very small children. Um, and we were just learning what the Bible had to say about life in general, about being a husband or being a godly wife, and then parenting. As we learned what the Bible said about parenting and about educating your children, we we just had an up a complete revolution. Re, yes, mm. a complete revolution in our lives because in my mind's eye, you sent your children to public school, and we had two in public school. And that was the American way. My job was to make sure the kids got to bed on time and had a good breakfast in the morning and had, you know, matching socks when they showed up <laughs> at school, um, ready to learn because it was the school's job to teach my children. Yeah. And then I learned that that's not what the Bible said. God said that it's parents' responsibility to teach their children. It wasn't just... Um, it wasn't segregated. You don't have your parenting and then your education, but that the two are inextricably intertwined and that you need to teach your children his, his ways as you go about your day, as you rise up, as you go about your way, as you lie down. We all are familiar with Deuteronomy 6. And I just couldn't see how that was possible uh, when our children were not with us all day long. In fact, our family was kind of fragmented. We had... Yeah. Two kids in different grade levels. Our husband went off to work and I was home with a littlest. And so it seemed like we were having less and less time together rather than more time to be able to disciple our kids. Yeah. And I love how you guys, you know, I think that so often we get hung up on, on a legacy and just kind of passing all this stuff. You guys started this legacy. You guys are, the Lord worked in your heart and then it started there. And, and I, I really, I, I want to express how amazing that is that God works in so many incredible ways. He works through those of us who grew up in a Christian home. He works through those that he brings to faith at a later point. God is able to work no matter what your background story is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He, he truly is. You know, I never considered myself, even, even after we started homeschooling, as being born to homeschool. Yeah. You know, there are those moms that are have that gift of teaching. And I know many that we homeschooled with. Our, our baby graduated in 2006. So, you know, so we ran out of kids to homeschool. <laughs> but many of my fellow homeschool moms are now educators, professional educators. Mm. That never entered my mind. You know, um, I do feel like God enabled me and equipped me to teach my children at home. And I learned so much with them. But I, I would just encourage the moms out there that would say, hey, I'm not I'm not a kid person or right. I'm, you know, I uh, there's no way I could do that. Hey, I that was me, too. And yet God was so faithful. He he just promised, you know, I, I think it's Isaiah. I don't remember the address. You know, all your sons shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. That was the only reason I homeschooled. Hmm. because he gave me that promise. And so as we w learned and grew in our walk with the Lord, um, that gave us the in instruction we needed in order to realize, okay, we need to teach our children at home. It's not the public school. It's not even the private school's job. It's the parents' job. And I just want to say God was faithful. Hmm. Uh, we did it out of obedience, not because I 
not because either of us felt equipped or particularly gifted, um, but if you step out in faith, in obedience, God is going to be faithful to the last day of school. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I think that what you said resonates. I, I know it resonates with me because that's very similar to my story. That was, I was never going to homeschool. That was not part of my mindset at all. And then when I started, I, th I think that Satan starts whispering all of these things that you cannot do. You can't do this. You can't do this. There's no way you would be able to whatever, fill in the blank. And yet it's such an exercise of trust for those of us who are homeschool parents that are doing the homeschooling um, because we get to say, God, I can't in myself. I can't, I got, I got nothing here. And yet mm -hmm. he takes just like the little boys, you know, two, two loaves of bread and five little fishes. We get to see him do amazing things with very little and it grows our faith and it grows our children's faith all along the way. And we get to step back and really trust the process, trust that if we are faithful in every little thing day in and day out, God is going to make that much more than we are actually offering. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I think the key, Leslie, is to keep, keep everything in its right balance. Because mm. as homeschoolers, well, I remember the first summer before we started homeschooling, my first point of my first task was I thought to buy curriculum. Yeah. And that really, really isn't. I mean, we, we tend to major on some of the minors and the, the most important thing about homeschooling isn't the school books. It's about discipling your children. Right. And I think when we as, as homeschool parents get things out of balance is when things can go awry, go awry. So if you retain that understanding and that that focus, that your goal in your home education is to disciple your children, then God is going to bless that. And we start each day, at least our family, we started each day with devotions and Bible study. And that's the one eternal subject I'm going to just yeah. tell parents now, you know, math, math books are all going to burn, you know, but when we get to heaven, what, what's eternal is God's word and the souls of human beings. And so that's where you need to focus on the eternal first and then take advantage of those opportunities, those teachable moments of, um, you know, of stopping and praying. If you have a child struggling over a reading lesson, pointing your children continually to the Lord and letting them see you solve problems and take your trials to him and letting them see you trust him. That's probably the most important part of homeschooling, I think, is that you're living out your legacy and your testimony in front of your children. So they know how to, they know how to live and walk in the Lord. And, you know, God is faithful. We, you know, our prayer was that all of our children would know him. We, you know, we started out our homeschool experience thinking, oh, if you homeschool, all your children will be rocket scientists. Somewhere along the line, somebody set the bar really high way yeah, back then. <laughs> and um, after a while, I realized, oh, that's just not true. You know, your children don't become magically, you know, gifted in other areas when you start homeschooling, but you learn where they are gifted and can help form and fashion and, you know, in, and encourage them in those areas. But yeah. I think um, all of our children do walk with the Lord. And that was our goal, ultimately, was that our children would know him. I mean, what a what a waste, wouldn't it be yeah. that you're, you know, to invest all of this time in them, and then they not, and then they graduate with a diploma and 
disappear into the world. Right. Um, and so God was so faithful. Um, not that we haven't ever had any problems. I don't want to, you know, sugarcoat anything uh, because we know, you know, just because you homeschool doesn't mean you're exempt from trials, mm-hmm. right? I mean, how many people have said to you, oh, you shouldn't homeschool because your children won't know how to deal with bullies or they won't know how to deal with conflict? Right. I mean, who, who gets a pass on that? Yeah. There are bullies in the neighborhood. There's sibling rivalry, you know? And sadly, yeah. even in some of our church youth groups, there's going to be conflict. So you're, so the, the whole concept of the children won't learn how to live in the real world is, is very misinformed. Right. But they do all walk with the Lord and they have their own walk with the Lord. It doesn't look like mine. It doesn't look like my husband's, but they know him. And I have tremendous, um, I'm tremendously grateful to the Lord for his faithfulness to his promises. Oh, amen. Amen. And, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking now everybody will see why we're so like-minded. You, the way that you encapsulated the purpose, what we're really doing. We're going for the heart of our children. You don't choose curriculum first because the curriculum serves your purpose. It serves your mission. It is a tool, not the the biggest consideration. And And all of these things that you went through is just so important. And what we, we want people to hear over and over and over again, because there are a lot of people, and I think that our natural bent actually goes that other way because those are concrete, those are checkbox type things. I can take care of this, I can take care of that, I can take care of this. When actually a lot of the most important things as we, like in life in general, don't have a little checkbox beside it. They're much more fluid. They're, they're things that we invest in day in and day out. And they're so, so important. And I'm, I so appreciate your keying on that. Um, not surprised that you did, but I just want to reinforce what you said there because it was so well-spoken and so important. Mm, yes, it's, it, 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 it's easy to lose sight of that in the it's day so in, as you said, in the day in and the day out. Yeah. And I would also encourage the young families that are trying to do devotions with their kids on a daily basis for the, maybe for the first time. I remember calling my uh, my friend who was very much a mentor. Her kids were the same age as mine, but she had been walking with the Lord more years than I had. Right. And I, I said, it's just not working. How do you do devotions with your kids? I do not have any sense whatsoever of the Holy Spirit's presence with us, you know, because I'm spending so much time telling them to, you know, don't touch your sister, do not breathe <laughs> on your brother, separating them, you know, putting one on one end of the sofa, one on the other, and, you know, just, um, you know, dealing with the normal things you deal with, with little children. And, and of course, the enemy wants to get in there and, and mm-hmm. cause, you know, so all, all manner of things, spilled juice or the dog jumps on the sofa, what have you. And it's just frustrating. And I would just encourage families that, you know, you, the Holy Spirit is there. You may not sense his presence with you while you're disciplining a child so you can finish your prayers, you know, um, but he is with you. And the goal is to be faithful to do it. Again, it's, it's obedience and however faulty our obedience is because none of us are going to do it perfectly, but the important thing is to keep doing it. And the children are going to remember that faithfulness and God God is going to in, invest and come alongside and bear fruit from those yep. prayers and from those scripture, scripture memorizations and from reading the Bible. So um, just because you have difficulty, don't give up. You're going to have right. it. 
you know, a good friend of mine tells the story of trying to do devotions with her children one morning. Um, and her husband, like mine, was up and out of the house, you know, at 4 a.m. And so Oof, yeah. um, so we were there doing devotions with their with our children. And she said there was so much commotion that day that she finally stopped yelled at her children, said, sit down, shut up. We're going to read the Bible, <laughs> you know? And then of course they all started laughing about, yeah. the, you know, that, the <laughs> irony of it all. <laughs> yes. Um, and I don't recommend that it's, but it was, cr- creates, you know, great comic relief just yep. do it. You want to, want to, you know, do that, but just persevere because you yes. don't, don't expect a light from heaven and angel choruses because you sat down with your children to read the Bible, so, right. but do it. You won't be sorry. <laughs> no question. And and I would add to that, as you get further down the road, and I suspect that Rebecca would attest to this, and you look in your rearview mirror, you're going to see an awful lot of ways that the Lord worked in way or in times when you thought it was just a hot mess, like the day that you yelled at your kids, sit down and shut up so we can read the Bible. You know, God uses uses so many things and and the Lord gives you words or gives you ideas and you don't understand the impact of them in that moment, but you're able to look back and you're like, wow, this was just kind of, I thought an off the cuff thing that the Lord then used and I can see his hand in all of this and that set it off. And you know that that is God answering those prayers for insight into their hearts, for wisdom, for direction, all of these things. We may not see it in real time because we don't have the vantage point that God does. But as we look back, I promise you, you are going to see his hand in ways that you totally missed in real time. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. 100%. You, um, you couldn't have said that better. Yeah, it's, it's just going to be so worth it when you see the fruit yeah. of it in your adult children as well. It's, yeah, it's such a joy. And, and even, and again, I, I suspect that you have had this experience too, sitting around the table um, with my now grown kids um, and hearing their what they remember from when they were little. You know, I look back and I think of all of this stuff that I feel like I could have done better. And all of these things are, you know, times when it just felt so chaotic that I couldn't get my feet on the ground or whatever it was. And they're sitting there laughing and remembering things in a way that just warms my heart. I mean, they don't, they don't key on the mistakes and failures that I see in myself. They remember a very charmed, amazing, upbringing and they're so grateful for it. And, and again, that is God working all the way through and it's just step-by-step obedience and allowing him to give the increase without us trying to manipulate or bring it about on our own power. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's uh, that you couldn't, again, could not have said that better. It's, it's all God's faithfulness and our little steps of obedience and our questioning um, and our end of the day, when you feel like you failed it, failed, Mm -hmm. you know, failed again. um, But the children don't remember it that way. And they even, there was one time, I, I don't remember what the situation was. And, you know, I, I tend to be a little more soft spoken. I don't know how, how else to say it. I don't feel like I'm a soft spoken person, but I think my, my voice is just soft. And so I generally did not yell at my children, um, but they knew when I was unhappy with them. And I should say that the, there's nothing in the Bible that says yelling at your children is, is how he want how you should discipline them. Um, but we as humans tend to, you know, lose our, lose our patience. Yeah. Um, but I, I, mine was more of a look, 
aura, you know, they, they knew, you know, by my actions when they had crossed the line. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and one day I literally did lose temp- my temper with the children and, and shouted mm. and they stopped and looked at me and then they started laughing and I'll see because it was so out of character. I don't remember that, but they do. And they talk about it to this day that, that remember that one time. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah. And they, I would have to say, Leslie too, I don't know if you, you know, want to have time to go on the flip side of that. Um, there were some things that I did very intentionally raising our children one of them was, you know, we loved Carol Joy side and um, one of the books that she said all children should read over and over again in their life was the Pilgrim's Progress. And so we did read it in several different versions and then finished up with our first group of children. Our kids are kind of in two groups um, in high school by reading the um, original version and unabridged and they used it as part of their British literature. And my son, after he was grown and married, he came in uh, with his kids and I had the, the dangerous journey out on the coffee table and I had uh, gotten it out to read to his kids. And he looked at this book and he said, this is a great book, mom. Where, where'd you get this? Hmm. And I said, well, this, I read this to you when you were a little boy and I read it to your siblings and we, and I said, it's an adaptation of the Pilgrim's Progress. And he, he said, Oh, I said, you don't you remember that? <laughs> he said, No. I said, Well, I we read it over the course of homeschooling, you know, several different times in different versions. And you yeah. studied it in high school for British literature, you know, and and he had no recollection of ever reading Pilgrim's Progress. <laughs> and I was flabbergasted and I was so disappointed because I thought I planned that out over the course of several years and this was important to instill this in him um then the Lord ministered to my heart later on that you know it was just that still small voice that little whisper that said just because he doesn't remember doesn't mean I didn't use it yep and so they remember things we don't expect and they don't remember the things we do, but God uses it all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He is so, so much greater and so much bigger than we have any understanding of. And I'm so grateful that through homeschooling, I think us homeschool moms get a glimpse of that in ways that we would totally miss if we were educating our children any other way because we wouldn't be we wouldn't have that same front row seat that we have as this this very privileged position of being a homeschool mom and we the world tries to feed us such a woe is me diet you know you're wasting your time you're you're stuck at home you must be bored blah 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 i don't have patience whatever it is and yet when we change our view of that when we recognize the great privilege that God has given us that will allow us, I think, to to even get glimpses of some of these things in real time, even though we won't be able to fully understand them and grasp them until much later. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's so true. And I and I think the uh, the world, you know, and the enemy. I mean, we live in enemy territory, don't we? We're yeah. surrounded. But they would be telling us moms. I mean, I grew up with the, you know, the feminist generation, kind of the tail end of that, which, which says you can have it all. And I think that that's message is still out there. You, But you can't have it all if you're home with your kids. You can't have it all, you know, if you're homeschooling. Uh, you have to get a job or you have to get a career. You have to get a platform. And the, the fact of the matter is you you can have it all. We can't have it all at the same time. Um, but you, you know, while you're, you're investing in your children, this is your career. As a homeschool mm-hmm. mom, I, I would just encourage moms to pour their life's blood into this it's not homeschooling and something else or i do this but then i homeschool and i i just my heart um is very very sympathetic to to working homeschool moms because actually i ended up being a working homeschool mom um so the but the point that i'm trying to make is that you you can have it all you can have a you know a flourishing ministry you can have Mm -hmm. maybe go back and use that degree that you had before you homeschooled whatever it is um you know i felt like i had to step out of women's ministry but you know you're not going to be homeschooling forever that time is going to fly by it's Mm. going to be you don't heard the saying uh the days are long but the years are short you'll be done homeschooling before you know it and you have the rest of your life um ahead of you in order to do some of these things and for those of us that are in homeschool ministry i learned quickly that it's very much women's ministry Mm -hmm. oh (laughs) absolutely you know so it's yeah so it's a it's it's just it's a lie from the enemy um do what God is calling you to do. Do it with your whole heart, uh, trusting in him, because you, you won't be sorry. You'll never be sorry you trusted in the Lord and yeah. were obedient to him. And these are these are golden years. They talk about, you know, the retirement age is the golden golden years. But these are these are going to be the, this is the most important work of a parent's life. No question. Their children. And you don't want to stand at the end of it and and think that you didn't do all you were supposed to do. Right. Right. Well, and staying in the season that you're in, being very present where God has you right then, because like Rebecca noted, there are other opportunities that God is going to send your way. And even while you're homeschooling, there may be other opportunities that God sends your way. But you've got to be faithful step by step by step so that you're being equipped for whatever he's preparing you for as well. And that's a really important thing to keep in mind not to compare yourself to someone else. They may be at, you know, chapter seven, you're at chapter two. Uh, You've got to stay right where God has you and be content there because he's building in you exactly what he wants to use in the days ahead. So Mm -hmm. that is such an important point to to remember there. Mm -hmm. Um, Rebecca, we are almost out of time, but I wanted to talk for just a couple of minutes about your work with Chia because I, I get a sense that, because homeschooling in most places in the country is so easy that people have, they may not understand the work that state organizations are doing and, and the, the resources that are available to them. And, you know, you're with, you're with California, but, but you can really speak to what a lot of the groups in, in states across the country are doing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I would love to talk a little bit about that. Um, people seem to, you know, gravitate towards homeschool groups locally or regionally yeah. is really important to get that kind of support. But the role the state associations play in homeschool families is they, you know, in, and 
and all of our missions are very similar. Our, our mission is to promote home education to the community at large. So we, as state organiza- organizations, get out there and talk to um, talk to different uh, different people groups in different communities about homeschooling, um, and that is, and talk about how it is an exceptional form of alternative education. Mm-hmm. So it's really just to educate the public at large. And then we also provide support and training and resources for homeschool families. Um, we do that with in so many different ways. We have state uh, annual conventions and other smaller regional events. We also, um, we publish uh, materials for the homeschool parent. We don't publish curriculum, but we pro- provide materials that help teach parents to know how to homeschool legally in California. And I, and then, and then we also um, protect parents' rights to teach their children at home according to um, God's word and, and apart from intervention from outside sources. So mm-hmm. we work to, we advocate for homeschooling in the legislature. We talk to, and also to the media, um, talking to them about um, the, the great outcomes. Of course, we're in the midst of a research project we've been working on with National Home Education Research Institute. And we, um, with some ongoing research, but you know, we, they love to see the data, media, legislators, they want to see data. So we're working to provide that. Um, and just to protect parents' rights to homeschool. Yeah. We, in California, I know people think it must be really hard to homeschool here because we have such a progressive legislature, but actually it's a great state to homeschool in because we fall under, we're one of 13 states in the union that fall under private school statutes. And so we follow those regulations, which are very easy to follow. Mm. Um, And so we, we don't have to answer to the state. We're able to, um, to direct our children's education without undue regulation. And these are the roles that state associations play. They're very active in protecting homeschool families' rights, very active in supporting homeschool families, and then educating the public. You'd be surprised how many many legislators think that um, there must be some specific homeschool law or definition of homeschooling, or, you know, they think we want something from them when we actually just want to be left alone to exactly. raise <laughs> you know? we'd really just prefer you to just keep your distance we're good <laughs> right, right yes and you know and this is very much um homeschooling private christian homeschooling for us in california is, is you know firmly on the foundation of of religious liberty and parental mm-hmm. rights and so you may find us and other state associations having a voice or having a say in some some particular policy or legislation that attacks parental rights or attacks religious liberty. So um, because if those two go away, then parents aren't going to have a leg to stand on. Right, right. Well, I am. I'm so grateful for the work that you've done through the years, the faithfulness that you have served there. Thankful for we at Teach Them Diligently. We've been able to serve with, or to partner with South Carolina and Ohio and Tennessee and Georgia and several other state associations because you all are the ones that are on the ground serving families day in and day out. And and it's so important that that parents understand what you're doing there. So. 
I'm going to link to uh, your all's website so that people can check it out. But I also want to encourage those of you who aren't in California to look and see what's what the state association in your state is as well. See what they've got going on, what resources they have for you, how they can help you and how you can get involved and partner with them because they are largely volunteer organizations um, that need young, fresh legs to do to do the work that and to keep them moving forward. We cannot take our liberties for granted. We cannot take the ease with which we get to do stuff for granted. And so it's incumbent on all of us to participate in this uh, for our children, for the future of, of this movement in general. So, mm-hmm. Rebecca, I thank you for shining a light on that for us. Oh, you're welcome. And there is a, a website which can be a clearinghouse for families to find their state associations. It's uh, homeschoolfreedom.com. And okay. it's sponsored by Alliance of Christian Home Education Leadership. Um, it's a nationwide, kind of an international alliance of homeschool associations, but they have that website, homeschoolfreedom.com. And if you go there, you can find out what's happening in your state. Well, we'll make sure that we link to that as well, because I, I do I want to make sure everyone gets connected and, and knows yeah. where to find that information locally. Um, so, Rebecca, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us today. It's been such a joy. Oh, likewise. It, it really has been. Thank you for having me. And um, just just always such a pleasure to talk, Leslie. Well, you are welcome. To the rest of you, I hope this has been a great encouragement. I think you you probably learned a lot. I have so enjoyed hearing Rebecca's heart and her experience and um, just the way that she, she laid out there what her story was and how that impacted not only her growth, but the way that her children are walking even today. We have such a privileged position, and I just hope you are encouraged to walk strongly and firmly in that. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.